I've just decided that this is my least favorite gospel to ever read because of all of the ridiculous names and the last sentence, all flesh shall see the salvation of God, to me is like the Sally selling her seashells down by the shore, and it's quite a tongue twister and I don't appreciate it. Now that you know how I really feel, I want you to ask yourself a question right now. Are you confident? I like that answer. All right. But if so, why? <laughs> because sometimes we can have false confidence. Or sometimes we really have confidence based on our abilities. You know, like maybe you have self-confidence because you have a ritual in the morning that you stand in front of the mirror for like five minutes and you say, you're good looking, you have a good personality, and doggone it, people like you. Maybe, I don't know, it's what I do, but no, it's not your thing, it's fine. <laughs> or maybe you have a, a certain set of skills that you have honed over a certain number of years in your profession and you have confidence in your ability. Either way, maybe you have confidence like St. Paul. Now St. Paul has confidence because he has the Lord God Almighty on his side. So I hope you have that confidence. But it's only the second week of Advent so I want you to be aware that we only have 20-ish days left until Christmas, and there are supply chains, so, you know, get on that Amazon. But Paul, like many children, wants it to be Christmas already. That's what he's telling the Philippians, okay? The church at Philippi, that's what he's telling them. He's like, guys, I want it to already be the end. Like, I need this to be Christmas now. And also the eschaton. Now, the eschaton is a Greek word, which means end times. So Paul, while he is speaking, is always speaking in a duality, okay? He's always saying, hurry up and wait. This is what we're doing, also this is what we're going to do. Here's what I want you to focus on, and then also don't forget that it's coming in the end. That's what he's saying in almost every single one of his letters. He has a teleology that is focused towards the end. So whenever you're reading his stuff, think, what is he talking about? And how does that relate to the second coming of Christ? Because that is always the lens in which we should read Paul. Now, Paul, speaking in his duality, wants it to be the end times now. And he says one reason. Well, it's because it's the day of Christ. Why else would we want the second coming? Because we want the Lord to come back now. But Paul knows that the people are not yet ready for the Lord to come back now. So he says, this is what I pray. I pray that you have an increase in love. Now, why would he pray that? Well, that's a silly question to ask. An increase in love is a beautiful thing no matter why you're asking for it. But he's asking for it for two specific reasons. The first, well, we tell children all the time that God is love, right? So either we're lying to children or he is, in fact, the love that we tell them he is. And if he is love, then praying for an increase of love means that we are actually praying for an increase in the awareness of the existence of God. Like, wouldn't that be great if people just everywhere were like, oh yeah, you know what? I think those Catholics might be onto something. God exists and he is real. Maybe I should live accordingly, right? This is what we want. That would be an increase in love and in the knowledge of God. But secondly, we want an increase in love because that allows us as humans, as the body of Christ, to function more amicably, right? Like if I'm focusing on my things, my foibles, my rough personality edges, and I am smoothing them through a course of prayer and self-reflection and self-mastery in the virtues, then I am making my personality no longer a stumbling block for others, but more of a bridge to get them to God. And this is what the gospel in the first reading are talking about when it says, make straight the paths for the Lord. 
Fill in the valleys. Knock down the mountains. We want everything on a level playing field for everyone so that they can easily get to the Lord. We don't want obstacles in front of their way. We don't want them to have something that prevents them from getting to the Lord. And we most especially do not want that thing to be me. I don't want to be an obstacle for others. So therefore, I work on my stuff and therefore I am better. Right? And then I no longer become an obstacle, but I am a straight path for others to see the Lord. So this is what Paul is talking about. I'm sorry, this is what the first reading and the gospel are talking about today. Advent is a time that we are given from the church so that we may work on our own stuff so that we are not in fact those obstacles but a bridge to others. So as I said, we have about 20 days, okay? And the kingdom of God is no less real than it was when uh, John proclaimed it back 2,000 years ago. Like, we should eminently be waiting for not only the coming of the Savior at Christmas, metaphorically, because he already came, but then actually in the Eucharist, but we should also be waiting for his second coming, because that's what Advent focuses on. Christ has already come. That already happened in history. What we're waiting for is the coming again. And so that is what Advent focuses on. Through the process of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, we focus on getting to heaven and then also the second coming. So, my brothers and sisters, as I said, it's only a little bit away, and also we have no idea when the second coming is. So, be prepared for both, okay?